Hi, welcome to another episode of Managing Well. I'm your host, Tanya Ladipo. I'm really excited to continue this last conversation of a four-part series with Elizabeth Byrne uh, as we talk about relationships at work. So if you haven't listened to the other three, uh, definitely go back and take a listen. The first part, we're talking about how to set a relationship foundation at work. Um, relationships are everywhere in our lives, but how do you do it at, in the workplace in a way that's going to really kind of enhance the team um, and make the dynamics uh, work well? Uh, the second part, we talk about conflict because that is unavoidable in any relationship, definitely at work. And so as a people manager, how can you be best prepared to um, manage through conflict uh, whether it's with your peers, your direct reports, with the team themselves, like how do you actually, team members themselves, excuse me, how do you actually uh, manage through conflict? Uh, and then the third part, we talked about rupture and repair. So what happens when there is a dis disconnection with the relationships at work where trust is lost, um, people are disengaged, how, as a manager, do you step in and work on repairing what has, or connecting what has been disconnected? Um, and what kind of strategies can you take as a manager to really, again, strengthen uh, those relationships? Uh, anything you want to add to that that really quick summary, Elizabeth, <laughs> of the past three episodes? It was perfect. Okay. And so then today we're talking about how you can how you continue relationships, um, and so as we've been saying, work relationships are not that different from personal relationships. So think of long term relationships that you've had in your in your life, whether that is with parents, children, siblings, friends, partners, like the relationships that we have. And when I say long term, five, ten, fifteen. 20, 30, right? Decades long relationships. Um, they're not the same. They evolve, they change. People change, needs change, expectations change. And so when we think about them involving in the workplace, you know, it's rare people are working in institutions for 30 years now. Mm -hmm. um, so you might not have the longevity, yet people still evolve and change and their needs change and expectations change and team dynamics change depending on who's coming in, who's leaving, what's going on with people's lives personally. So maybe you have the exact same team, but people <laughs> are going through stuff personally. And so it's shifting the dynamics. Mm -hmm. um, and so how as a manager, can we really look at um, ma maintaining strong dynamics? So kind of curious to hear your thoughts, Elizabeth. Yeah, I think um, the thing, the first thing that comes to mind is like being intentional about it. I think when relationships continue over a period of time, folks will put that effort in up front mm -hmm. and then they just sort of coast or the assumption is, is, well, we're good. Like, this is great. And it will just stay that way, yes. um, which, you know, in some respects, can understand like an object is mo in motion is going to stay in motion kind of thing but people are dynamic and to your point things are going to shift um for people based on their personal lives which then they bring with them in their as their full self 
to work and also the constitution of the team is likely to shift and change right likely fairly often like in terms of years you know i would think most teams have at least some shift of some kind every year mm-hmm. if not more frequently than that mm-hmm. i think as a manager and organization and and from an organizational standpoint I think sometimes there are these uh, recommended team building activities, right? Mm-hmm. To keep people connected. Um, and I just want to, I want to kind of get your thoughts on how to use those opportunities well. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm laughing because uh, I feel a little opinionated and biased about some of these. <laughs> so I'm just going to disclaimer that up front. Um, I, so I've been on teams where there's the like once or twice annual thing that everybody goes to, um, and sometimes that's received well, and sometimes it comes with a lot of eye rolls, um, because it'll be a day of quote unquote team building events, but it's really, um, feels more like checking a box, seems to be more performative. Maybe people in spite of the activities have a better time and connection with each other (laughs) over griping about it. Um, But uh, sometimes it just, it doesn't, it doesn't make its way back to the office, Mm. Um, you know, virtual or in Mm. person. Mm -hmm. And I think that Again, it reminds me of our conversation around like follow through, you know, and the importance of not just listening, but like, what are you doing with this information? And so like, am I as the manager seeking information from my team or putting my team through moves that I'm ultimately not going to do much with, you know, Um, what is the purpose of the activity that I think that we should do? And have I gotten everybody else's input? Yes. It doesn't mean that they're what they want is what'll happen, but have I at least asked the question? You know, if like 90% of my team is like, oh, I hate those things. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, can I like deal with my hurt feelings? Cause I think that they're awesome. And then figure out something that is going to accomplish the goal that I have for the team around mm-hmm. connection. Mm-hmm. And I would say, collaboratively figure out how to meet that goal right mm-hmm. I think sometimes as managers we feel like oh we got it I have to I have to lead it I have to figure it out but it's for the team mm-hmm. and so I guess kind of thinking through like so what's the what's even the purpose and if we're thinking about how to maintain relationships is it to have fun is it to generate new ideas? Is it to celebrate wins? Is it to know people personally more than because of their deliverables? Is it to do strategic planning? Like, why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. Um, is it then, because this is what we're supposed to do? Because right. I heard on podcast, I have to do this, right? <laughs> but like being clear on the I, the reason behind it and then getting everybody's kind of buy-in of like, do you think this is actually a good um, solve, a good solution mm-hmm. to how we stay connected? This is my idea. What's, what What do you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, that, and I also want to, oh, go no, ahead. Go ahead. 
I was also thinking about it from an inclusive perspective because, and I know that word gets thrown around a lot, um, but it's a really good word. (laughs) Because inclusion, an inclusive perspective means hearing all perspectives. So not just Tanya's perspective, but everybody's perspective on the team when it's gonna impact everybody. Now, Tanya will make the decision, right? So kind of being clear about that, like I'm getting input, I will make the final decision, but I truly am wanting to hear what you think we should do and let's have a conversation about it. Um, When the truth is you're going to listen, don't say if you're not going to listen, that is where conflict happens. That's where we lose trust, ruptures happen that that goes sideways quickly. Right. Those people start feeling like you're just wasting their time and I'm still being held to the same deliverables. And now I just had a day out at the office. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the clarity on the purpose and getting people's input and getting people's, you know, ideas. So for, for, for me and my company for years, we've done these quarterly gatherings for once a quarter, we get together. Um, it's off hours. Um, the company pays for it but it is outside of working time. It's not mandatory, so it's optional. Um, and for most of those years, 80%, 90% of the time, we would go out to dinner. Cause you know what? I love to eat. So we went out to dinner. <laughs> and I started to hear like, well, can we do something else? <laughs> can we not just go out to dinner? <laughs> and so we started coming up with some other uh, other options. And so most recently, like, you know, we sent out surveys. We, so we have a whole list of ideas from, from the team about what we could do aside from eating. Um, <laughs> and so like, we're slowly working our way through that list. And that, so the list that came from the team also, I think has gotten voted on to, te- to tell us which ones, you know, kind of we should, we should consider and do next. So the idea and purpose for me is how do we stay connected? How do we have fun together? Mm-hmm. Um, that's to me what's important. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, team, how are we going to do this? Mm-hmm. You know, and how are we going to kind of stay committed to doing it? Yeah, and I think that those um, regularly paced opportunities are important because that also shows commitment that this is an important value, that this isn't just because it's extra money at the end of the fiscal year, Mm -hmm. um, that it actually has a purpose and a reason that is relatable, that folks can understand and then choose how they want to engage. Yeah. When you were saying about inclusion, it made me think too about um, things happening during work hours or outside of work hours Mm -hmm. and how that can impact folks. Um, you know, whether they are, whether they have other jobs, whether they're caring for children or elderly parents or other family members, whether they have a beautifully active social life, right? Like for all sorts of reasons, people might not be that accessible or interested in spending even more time with their colleagues. (laughs) Um, And so having a blend, having a mix so that there are also during the day activities for like 
getting to know one another or coming together around a problem, you know, and strategizing as a team and figuring out, um, you know, what ways do we work best? I, I will say well, that is one of the one of the most useful um, team building kind of activities I um, got to experience once really um, helped figure out what are the strengths, right? Like, so for example, um, <laughs> the example I'm thinking of is like, you always have some people on the team that hate making phone calls and you'll have some people on the team where it's not a, not a big deal at all. They don't mind. They actually enjoy it maybe, or maybe they at least don't hate it. And so being able to play to people's strengths, right? Like maybe the person that doesn't mind making the phone calls hates having to update the team's calendar. Okay. Mm -hmm. So like looking at it as a way of sort of trading out some tasks that are, you know, pretty accessible across the team. It's not a specialized service, you know, that requires specific training for, so that there is a way to um, make the day and the the routine tasks a bit more enjoyable. I, I like that. And it, it makes the day more enjoyable. It makes the team work better and it makes people, it gives people a chance to know each other a little bit more still in the professional like setting. Right. right. Because I think, you know, when you were talking about um, all the reasons people might not go to things after work hours, there's also people who are just very private and work is work. And so I'll come and I'll work with you mm -hmm. and I don't want connection with you outside of work. And that's just factual. That's not a, like that. there's no right yep. or wrong with that. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but I think understanding not everybody, when we say get to know people more, I think I want to kind of clarify that because we are talking about the workplace. And so getting to know people more on a human level and a personal connection does not mean knowing all of their private thoughts does not mean knowing all of their relationships. It means knowing as much of them as they choose to share with you mm -hmm. to make working together a better experience. Mm -hmm. And everybody has different levels of their comfort in sharing, which does not mean that does not necessarily equate to their commitment level to the job or organization. Yes. 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 I'm so glad that you said that because, you know, one of the things that can happen, like uh, any given Monday, right? Somebody might say, oh, how was your weekend? And you have some people who I hope you're sitting down because you're going to hear every detail, right? And you have some people who are like, oh, it was good. Thanks for asking. How was yours? Yep. You know, and- Sometimes people can, if they are, um, they feel more comfortable knowing more details, they can think like, oh, you're so aloof, yes. right? Like, how come I never, I don't even know you. Like, what do you mean you don't know me? I'm here 40 hours plus a week. <laughs> <laughs> you know how I show up to meetings. You know how I respond, how I communicate, how I do my work. You know, am I How reliable? I or yes. Don't. Right. You know what you need to know about me for me to do my job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm glad. I, I know. Actually, I was going to say this is a little off topic, but it's actually not right. Because it's about 
maintaining and strengthening the relationships you have mm-hmm. at work, which also means knowing people's individual boundaries. Yes. You can have a strong relationship with somebody you only see at work mm-hmm. and you don't know their family lives and you don't, and you could have a great working relationship that has longevity to it. Um, mm-hmm. I think as long as, as long as there is mutual respect for mm-hmm. how people choose to share their personal selves at work. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes what we, what, you know, I've heard a lot in organizations is if a company culture or a team culture is one way where they share a lot of information and then somebody comes in and doesn't share a lot of personal information to your point they're aloof they're not a team player they're just doing things in a way that works for them that is not negatively impacting their deliverables so like perhaps the team needs to and we talked about this in an earlier episode the team needs to perhaps consider what they identify as quote-unquote normal Yes. Which is actually normal for them, but not normal for everyone. Here's the inclusion piece. And so how do you make space for other ways that are just as normal and valid that you perhaps have overlooked? Mm -hmm. That are perhaps just different from what you've experienced thus far. Yes. You know, I'm coming back to the importance of kind of checking in with people over time, because I think... um, we get complacent and I'm thinking mm-hmm. about this at work. I'm also thinking about it personally. Like we've been in friendship for however many years, things are fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually had um, a friend I've been friends with for many, many years. Um, we had a conversation and it wasn't, there was no tension. It just, you know, they were sharing information that I didn't like, but it was, fact and so okay and we and we kind of said it in the moment like no I don't love this but I understand it so okay um and what kind of I paused in a great way was like a week or two she circled back and said hey I just wanted to check in about that that conversation and how that is sitting with you mm-hmm. um and so just kind of the idea of like yeah sometimes whether things even when things are great, just like, hey, we've been doing this work relationship for 18 months. I'm loving it, but I wanted to check in with you. Mm-hmm. What's working for you or and what could be different and better? Mm-hmm. I really appreciate that because it makes me think about how the quality of uh, how attentive we're able to be as managers can shift day to day, season to season. And so having that kind of check-in of like, are you feeling supported by Mm -hmm. me? Do you feel like you have a clear understanding of what's expected of you? Um, How is this going? What could make this better? Mm -hmm. And then talking it through. I think there's from a uh, systems perspective, I think that's sort of part of the role that the annual review or the semi-annual yes. review is supposed to have. But I think for most of us, 
<laughs> we've had the experience of, okay, so you write up your accomplishments and like your uh, view of yourself and then I'll take a look at it and we'll have a quick conversation about it. And then that's it because there's five of you or 50 of you and that's a lot. Um, and then nothing necessarily, it's more of like, do you get an increase or not? Uh, like they're they're often not they're they're typically cumbersome and often not a lot is done with them uh so again it ends up being more performative Uh and less actually Uh helpful but so figuring out other ways of how am I having these conversations with colleagues on a regular basis and you know talking with people who maybe are not my immediate directs true because that review only allows for that. And the, I mean, I'm just thinking about team building, like the reviews don't necessarily really do much with that unless you offer an opportunity of like shout outs afterwards, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that you do so well is the regular shout outs amongst your team. That's a really wonderful opportunity. You know, for people to be able to acknowledge one another and to have that as part of the culture of we catch each other being good, you know, or doing good or having good Mm -hmm. impact. Mm -hmm. No, I, I thank you. Um, Thank you. (laughs) And I appreciate the point of ways to do it kind of big and small. So there are these, the events you can have after work or during working hours, um, emails that you can send and um, ways you can weave it into meeting agendas of, mm-hmm. of maintaining connection, mm-hmm. um, which like that could be a point of shout out, like once a month, like everybody mm-hmm. takes turns saying something they're grateful for from another person. And as a manager that you make sure you already have your lists that you can say about everybody <laughs> mm-hmm. so that everybody's gonna get a praise, uh, you know, a point of praise, a praise report. Um, that there's a lot of ways to kind of weave it in. And I think the manager's ultimately responsible for driving it, I think, and starting it and, and continuing it, right? Mm-hmm. But they're not the only one. I think if there's shared responsibility, um, even though it ultimately lands with the manager to ensure that it's it's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can have core components that are solely the manager's responsibility. And then you can have like uh, additional opportunities that maybe other team members are driving and the manager supports. Yeah. You know, whether that's something that's happening during a lunch hour or there's, you know, is there a book club or a film club or, you know, conversation groups. I know that we've, um, you know, a lot of folks have made space to have like a journal convert, like journal articles Mm. to read and then talk through, you know, areas of growth. And that can be aligned with the organization's Uh values. Uh Um, And it can also just be like points of interest because there's often a lot of over, a lot of other overlap that colleagues might have because- you're all drawn to this work or this like industry. Sometimes there's other things that are also in common with people, mm-hmm. but then can strengthen the connections and relationships. Mm-hmm. 
You're absolutely right. I was just thinking, I know um, I have one, I have a friend who uh, they go walking um, at their workplace. It's like Wednesday at noon, walk hour. So whoever wants to like join, they meet outside and then they just kind of walk the campus. Like that's it. (laughs) And they do it for Mm -hmm. 20 minutes. Um, There's all these like big and small ways, I think, to, 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 maintain connection, deepen connection, grow connection in a way that I think can meet various needs. Um, when I say various needs, comfort levels that can meet mm-hmm. various comfort levels for the people, for the people on the team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one thing I think as I'm kind of, as I'm wrapping this up and thinking of the kind of most What's coming to me is the most important takeaways. I'll be curious if you want to add any. Um, is knowing the purpose of mm-hmm. the gathering or team building, like being really clear on what that is. Um, actually, I want to pause myself before I kind of summarize what I'm thinking. I think I want to say that we gave a lot of different ideas <laughs> of ways that people can stay connected at work. And just like a long-term relationship that in your personal life, every team is different and every team needs something different. And so I encourage you to consider and talk to your team to find out what your team actually needs um, in order to tailor it to them. And so I think kind of the ways, the questions you can ask yourself and your team to customize it for yourself is, so what is the purpose of the gathering? Like, why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. Um, what is the frequency that we're going to have for the gathering? Is it going to be quarterly? Is it going to be monthly? Is it going to be weekly? Because it's an email. Like, what? what is what is it? Um, who is ultimately going to own that piece of it? So who's going to own the quarterly gatherings? Who's going to make sure it happens? Who's going to own the weekly shout outs? Who's going to send that out, right? Being really clear about that. Um, and then also to think about as you're having the the conversations with your team to plan it, to check in with them to see what's working and what what doesn't work about it, right? You don't just launch it and say that's it forevermore, right? right. But be able to kind of get feedback and, and hear from people. Any other kind of thoughts you want to add? Yeah, actually, there's two things like... Um... What you just said now about checking in with people made me think about remembering that relationships are living, breathing things. They're not static. It's not like this concrete thing that you create and then it's done. We have to be able to move with them and grow with them. The size is going to change. The length is going to change. The like all these different components, right? Like it is going to shift and that's good. And we aren't able to do that if we don't like staying connected to it. Uh Um, So that was one thing I was thinking, but in the beginning when you were saying about the importance of sharing the purpose of the gathering or whatever the team building activity is, um, whether it's for fun or, you know, whatever it is, it made me think about um, how, exceptionally important that is for someone who 
needs to be judicious in what they add to their schedule. So if there is a purpose that I can figure like, oh, this is going to actually be important for me to do for the benefit of my job, yes, right, or for the connection yes. on the team, because there's all that other um, sort of non-tangible connections that right. happen in those moments that have exceptional impact on the trajectory of my opportunities, what people think of me, how they get to know me, um, you know, all of those, those extra pieces. I just think the purpose component is really important for letting people opt in to what matters to them or where they see potential value. I am so glad you highlighted that. Um, and also tying in your point earlier about having activities that are during work time as well as off hours, because people who cannot go to off hour events for a variety of reasons, if that's the only time they're gonna make these connections, it's gonna negatively impact their yeah. career, right? And then they're gonna be seen um, perhaps very unfairly as not being a team player when perhaps people aren't considering full lives and responsibilities. Mm -hmm. uh, so yes, I appreciate that. And it, it, again, it kind of ties in everything we've been talking about this whole series, the transparency from a manager's perspective of communicating um, what is happening, the intention behind doing certain things so that people can then make informed decisions themselves mm -hmm. about what their next step is. Mm -hmm. I think too, especially given how um, there's constriction, you know, periodically across different industries where things that were possible one year might not be possible the next year, often managers might have some heads up awareness of that. And so like what it makes me think of is like, this is the last rest stop for 50 miles, you know, yeah. like <laughs> to be able to say like, okay, like just want you to know, like we have this one planned, it's already booked and scheduled, but you know, there's some shifts, you know, happening that this, we might not be able to do this again for a long time or for several months. Maybe it's because of just the intensity of the projects that are coming in or what have you um, so that people can then also like, well, maybe I'll make sure that I go to this right. one. Right, right. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. I think this has been a, uh, this has been a great conversation in series. Um, and I just, I'm last, last thing I'm coming back, <clears throat> the use of the word, the, the phrase informed and consent, you actually said that. And so I just kind of want to use it again to wrap us up that when when I think managers can be as transparent as possible, even if it's saying, I have, I don't have all the information or I can't share all this information with you. But when managers can be as transparent as possible and then they're accountable to themselves and their team, that's where the informed consent, where the team member can make better decisions for themselves. And you as a manager can have that conversation with them so that you can make better decisions um, for that team member's career trajectory and also for the team. Um, and so again, I think it all boils down to strong communication, mm -hmm. vulnerability as a manager to 
be transparent, to have hard conversations and to, to be accountable. Uh, so I will be so curious to hear from people who've listened to this episode or all of the entire you know series about relationships at work, what resonates for, for you, what you wanna hear more, what do you have questions about, um, but really want to have a conversation with everybody about how we can manage well and what we what strategies we actually need to put in place for ourselves um, to do that on an ongoing basis. So thank you all for listening or watching. And Elizabeth, I'm so, so grateful for you to continue to share your expertise uh, with us. So thank you. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Managing Well. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to learn more about today's episode, go to thelodipogroup.com slash podcast for a worksheet on today's episode. A special thanks to my podcast team and the Ladipo Group who supports this show. Managing Well is produced and edited by Black Faves Brand Studio. I'm your host, Tanya Ladipo. If you have any questions or topics you want to discuss, email me at managingwellpodcast at thelodipogroup.com. Thank you.